So this is the French Asian Connections podcast series brought to you by the Jacques de Morgan French Asian Connections Virtual Research Lab at the National University of Malaysia UKM with the support of the Embassy of France in Malaysia. I am your host Associate Professor Dr Shantani Pillay of the Center for Research in Language and Linguistics Faculty of Social Sciences and Humanities National University of Malaysia. In this episode we speak with Dr Jocelyn Martin assistant professor in the Department of English Ateneo de Manila University where she also serves as managing editor of Critica Cultura a Thomson Reuters indexed cultural journal her research interests include memory and trauma studies post colonial studies the environmental humanities and political listening Member of the advisory board of the Memory Studies Association, she was Zumka lecturer at the University of Ohio in 2020 and part of the editorial board of a book series at Brill. She has just published a chapter in Memory Trauma Asia, Routledge 2021. Raised in the Philippines and Europe, Jocelyn speaks five languages. We are very pleased indeed to have you with us today, Dr. Martin. Thank you so much, uh, Dr. Pillay, for this uh, invitation. You're very welcome. So we'll we'll be um talking about French connections in the Philippines and particularly Jose Rizal's writings in French. Um, could could you speak to us about the time that Rizal spent in France? Yes, of course. Yeah. Um. Uh. So for those who do not know or are not familiar with Rizal, this is his. Uh, This is the Penguin book, actually, of um, Jose Rizal, uh, and so you have his picture, in a way. <laughs> so you have it. Um, let me just show you, um, I mean, a screen just to give you a, an idea of the markers that are in uh, France uh, now. This is just actually the the only screen I'll. I'll I'll show and then later perhaps some excerpts of his writings. Um, so these are the plaques that are in Paris. Actually, there is one here um, of the plaque um, of Jose Rizal in Rue de Maubourg in in Paris, and uh, this one is uh, Place Jose Rizal in 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 Paris. My, my sister took the pictures because she was living actually. and uh, near uh, this place so um yeah most most of the time we um we filipinos associate jose rizal as um he he's seen as the national hero and we sometimes forget that he's actually a medical person you know he's he's a, he was a, one of the best ophthalmologists uh, during his time and um but he's more known as the authors of um of two novels let me just put this down yeah uh, the the elfili and the nolimitangere uh, both which are now in um in the penguin classic so the time that he uh, spent in france was not really a lot he was in europe during two periods essentially between 1882 to 1887 so he was 1882 to 1887 he was uh 20 that was 21 when he was 21 to 26 years old so very young you know and and when i think of it well some of our erasmus mundus mundus students do go at this age uh to, today so he's like pioneer at that time and he and he left the philippines he was from a well 
well-off family. Um, and uh, he started his um, French education. Well, he was already attracted to French writers when he was in the Ateneo. He studied in Ateneo mm -hmm. and in the University of uh, Santo Tomas here in the Philippines. And, um, and so he was, he, he went abroad and he was disillusioned with how the Filipino, the Philippines was being regarded as um, second class citizens. So he pursued further studies and enrolled in a course in medicine, actually, in, uh, in the Universidad Central de Madrid in Spain. And um, so during his first time in Europe, he, he published Noli Metangere, his first uh, novel, um, in, in Berlin, actually. He started writing it in 1884 and finished in 1887. So we could call it his first, um, the Noli, Noli Metangere years, this first period in Europe. And then there was a second period, he went back to the Philippines. Um, he started being very notorious already at that time. And then there was a second part, um, he went back to Europe between 1888 to 1891. And then he was at that time, 27 to 29, years old so still uh, still young and during that period he uh, he wrote the El Filibusterismo which he finished in Biarritz in, in, in France and published in Ghent in, uh, in Belgium. So during that time he was you know um, he was all over Europe during these two periods but the part um, the French part of his of his stay he um, he first, well, he arrived in France in 1883, although he, he arrived actually in the port of Marseille in 1882, but he, um, but uh, in reality, he stayed uh, during the summer of uh, 1883. And then also between uh, 1889 to 1890, um, in the apartment of Valentin Ventura, in uh, this part in Rue de Maubeuge in, um, in Paris. And, um, and during this time, actually, he, um, he, was, um, he was more associated um, with, uh, there was the Paris Exposition in, um, in 1889. And uh, he wanted to start this new association of Philippinistes, uh, he was he was trying to to start that um, and maybe if I could just um, just share this part this this idea of the Filipinist um, I'm not saying anything new here actually I'm I'm just drawing from um, scholars who have can you see the French exposition yeah, yes I should just put this down. And I wanted to. This is a. This is the book I'm. I'm commenting today. It's uh, a collection called French Composition Exercises by Austin, uh, edited by Austin Craig already in. Um, uh, when was this? Uh, in eight, 1912. Since 1912. I'll talk about it more later, but uh, what I want to show now is this association of uh, Filipinists. Uh, 
page 92. By the way, this book was, is, I found out they were just, it's just reprinted by Barnes and Noble in October, 2020. Wow. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. So, um, yeah, uh, 92 here. So in 1880, here, let me just read this, um, this part here. In 1889, Dr. Rizal interested scientific friends who attended the ethnographical conferences held in connection with the Paris Exposition in the formation of an organization for closer study of his native land. By this means, he hoped that the false impressions which had been given by Spanish writers might be corrected. For those who don't know, we were under Spain, this Philippines was under Spain since uh, around 1565. Uh, I mean, if we count the Legazpi um, expedition um, and until this time. So he, he was brought up reading, um, you know, uh, Castilian uh, um, uh, Spanish, and he was fluent in, apparently he was fluent in 22 languages wow. and wrote correspondence in six. So <laughs> That's really amazing. Pressing. Yes. <laughs> All right. Yeah. So, um, so the name naturally of this association that he was thinking of was in French because it was really the language of culture at that time. Um, it was the Association Internationale des Philippinistes, so International Association of Philippinists. And the and it was it's interesting the declared aim at that time you know he was he was pretty um, you know it was already this this collegial aspect of of um, you know study research groups l'étude des Philippines sous un point de vue scientifique et historique so yeah the scientific point of view of the the study of um, Philippines with um, and, and, and in this, and in this uh, the association has several aims. One, to um, invite international congresses, to, to open international congresses, to open public um, uh, concours, you know, contest, or how do you say, yeah, of thesis, of thesis with, uh, in, in connection with the objective of this association, avec le but, it's supposed to be a B, here, avec le but de l'association, and to work for the formation of a library and a musée d'objets, uh, you know, a museum of Philippine objects. And fourth is to publish works and thesis, memoirs on, uh, on Philippines. So, um, yeah, in that sense, he, uh, he already, um, he, uh, he was already very much, you know, forward-looking research groups, which actually now um, are very active in Europe. But mostly, I, I saw there are research groups in uh, Germany and then, um, yeah, in the Philippines and Austria and uh, otherwise where it, with SOAS or um, um, Réseau Asie in Paris. Uh, but but more really uh, just. Um, within Asian and uh, Southeast Asian, but not really with the Filipino group, yeah. Right, that's, that's, yeah. Really, that's really interesting. You also mentioned the um, connections with even Ateneo de Manila. So that's, you know, yeah. uh, it's am absolutely amazing. And it's, it's um, 
you know uh, app that you are speaking about it as, as well um, yeah we actually have a li- our library is called Rizal library named oh, after right. named after him yeah <laughs> so there's a small statue i mean small well actually cardboard um, you know if of him as a, as a boy and we call he's called pepe you know like the spanish uh, diminutive of jose like i'm hello i'm pepe rizal please come in there is a library <laughs> oh, that's nice <laughs> right um, so um c- could you then tell us about uh, the influence of uh, french writers in the works of jose rizal Um, yes, my God, he has this. Um, yeah, so as, as I said a while ago, so I found out through um, through um, an article by Soledad Reyes. You know, so the, the my my references for this talk have been really Sol Reyes, and Beth Ocampo, of course, um, um, uh, uh, Craig, and uh, Horacio de la Costa. But um, apparently, he was already very much interested in European literature since his student days in the Ateneo. He was reading Chateaubriand and Alexandre Dumas already um, early. Um, he 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 was already reading a lot at home. You know, his his mother was very cultured, and his father was a gentleman, a farmer with. I mean, he had a big house with lots of uh, servants. We called him an illustrado you know he was one of those um, educated um, people uh, at that time and um, he uh, his library uh, apparently his library was this is an envy has an enviable amount of books and already there's this um, uh, there there a Dr. J.A. Robertson listed um, titles of his books and apparently the Filipiniana section of the Philippines Library holds uh, or inherited some 600 titles of, uh, of Rizal's books of more than a dozen different languages. And um, in my bibliography, in the bibliography I have of of uh, French books he has, I counted over 200 authors, uh, 200 authors, and um, which means that there might be more than, that, that each author can have more than one book. So, um, and uh, he has books from literature to medicine, to dictionaries, to Bibles. For example, I found out, um, Let me let me share again uh, this this incredible list. It's almost at the same in the same page anyway. Um, just before, yeah. So, this, uh, Dr. Rizal's French books. Okay, so he has album de l'histoire des peintres. So he's in, like he's interested in virtually everything. This Renaissance man. So, in uh, paintings and almanacs. Analdoculistic, so I mean, he was he was um, an ophthalmologist, you know, um, and then I found this, for example, this uh, th- this list of books by Claude Bernard, who was uh, a doctor, and it's all about medicine. These are all medical books, and sometimes we forget that he's actually this medical guy, you know, and that he 
uh, he uh, performed uh, cataract operations um, to, to his mother, apparently, Ooh. as well. Uh, Les Saint-Bible, uh, Boulanger, etc., etc. You know, and um, just to give you an idea of Alphonse Daudet, you know, he has all these books of uh, um, uh, of uh, encyclopédie. He has lots of um, encyclopedias, etc. Et La Fontaine um, and museums. Of course, he's um, he's uh, in like in uh, uh, different reviews. Um, yeah, Eugène Su. He was he was. Um, this was one of the the critics come back always always mention three uh, big names who have influenced his literature or his writings they and they see echoes of of these people's writings in in his in his books one of them is definitely Eugène uh, Sue uh, particular in, in particular Le Juif Errant the the wandering Jew um, uh, another another influence uh, would be Alexandre Dumas, especially the Count of Monte Cristo, and actually the we could we could see echoes of uh, the Count of Monte Cristo um, in uh, the fact of of El Filibusterismo, you know this this caped crusader coming back uh, as another dark more darker figure, um, and the other one is Victor Hugo. Um, especially Les Miserables, and even Victor Hugo, I, I think, um, as we will see later on, um, who's, ve who's very influential in the French Enlightenment, um, French Revolution, would also influence other illustrados, other Filipino illustrados in, in Europe. So, so um, yeah, these three, um, and even in the description of the penguin, uh, version. If you go online to to buy the the, the penguin version, it, it would they would say in the tradition of Alexandre Dumas, Count of Monte Cristo, and Victor Hugo's Les Misérables. It's it's just funny how to see these uh, European um, the French influences of uh, in in literature, and um, there is one of one letter of Graciano Lopez Taina, who is also a revolutionary. Um, he was writing a letter to Rizal on October 2, 1891. Um, um, and I got this from Soledad Reyes. Uh, he was commenting on Rizal's books, and this is what he said, and I quote, You begin the novel very alluringly like Dumas, and you conclude it dryly like Sue. You know? <laughs> so... Yeah, so he himself sort of identified or, or saw um, the influences of these uh, French writers to towards Rizal. And according to Craig, um, Austin Craig, even the before before he, before Rizal died, he wrote this poem called "Mi Ultimo Adios," my last farewell. And but before that, apparently he was reading a lot um, uh, Beranger's poem adieu uh, uh, as well but I haven't verified that uh, yet so so uh, having said this of course um, he was influenced a lot by many other writers 
Filipino writers, of course, he 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 was um, he was translating also into Tagalog, you know, and he brought with him notably a book uh, by Francisco Balagtas or Baltazar, um, Florante at Laura, uh, with him to to, to Europe. So. Um, so French again is just part of his uh, his influences, but yeah, de definitely um, influence <laughs> his writings. Okay, thank thank you, Jocelyn. Um, considering the fact that uh, Rizal was a symbol of Filipino nationhood, uh, do you think that French influences have inadvertently carried through into Philippine nationhood? Um, yes, we can trace some um, some 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 influences. That when uh, I know I know I'm talking to uh, the Jacques de Morgan um, conference series, which uh, and I know you're interested in in the Southeast Asian um, and uh, the connections with with France or Asian connections with with France. And um, the last time we saw each other, you know, the the opening, um, I was really struck by uh, these different um, the, these different connections with France and um, and 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 I was and I was like you know saying to myself like for example with Vietnam and Indochina at that time you know um, of course the the connection with France is is um, obvious with regard to their history and the colonial expansion of France also until today even the structures with Vietnam, uh, in in Vietnam or or perhaps even in Pondicherry in in in, in India, the, the connections with France are are with the colonial past, yeah. and um, in the Philippines the colonial past is more linked uh, with uh, the U.S. and um, and Spain as and Spain as far as um, and Japan actually, um, but ironically um, the 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 link with France. Uh, although not physical, is more in the ideas, and um, especially in uh, with the with the French Revolution, and um, so so it, it's 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 uh, if 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 the link of France with other countries is more in the colonial aspect, uh, ironically the the link of France with the Philippines is more with the ideas of liberté, égalité, fraternité. Um, so more liberation in, in, in a certain sense. And um, for example, Rizal translated from French to Filipino, the, the chart of the rights of man from, um, from the French Revolution of 1789, which is a huge thing, actually, if we, if we think of it, you know, le droit de l'homme uh, is, is, um, is actually very foundational in human rights um, everywhere and um, there were enlightenment ideals uh, the the translate the new translator of uh, the penguin translator of 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 Rizal um, his name is Harold um, Harold Augenbraun Augenbraun uh, he commented throughout the book Rizal's Rizal layers politically suppressed enlightenment ideals onto prevailing Filipino actualities at that time and then um, and then more interestingly I, I found this really through um, through uh, the researcher uh, Hornedo um, where he um, he 
gave us textual evidence of the Filipino support and encouragement of the French Revolution in a Filipino editorial published by the reformist paper La Solidaridad on May 15, 1889. So La Solidaridad was really this intellectual paper and Rizal contributed to it. Um, Filipino intellectuals in Europe really used this newspaper to, um, to forward the, the, the ideas. And this, this encouragement of the French Revolution ideals was published uh, in Spanish at the uh, during the centennial of the French Revolution. So I'm just going to um, quote, uh, I think it's Hornedo's translation of the Spanish, uh, just a few lines from the revolution, just to give us an idea of what they, of the Filipino illustrators thought. So I quote, those memories constitute a living example to fervent lovers of freedom who are enslaved still by governments that ignoring the irresistible influences of the redeeming ideas earnestly advocated by the assembly, which permeate the minds and hearts of the people, try to hold the people in perpetual slavery." End quote. So, I mean, to have uh, to have an editorial published by uh, foremost intellectuals is, is pretty um, interesting. Um, and then, uh, uh, just to, it's it's also interesting how uh, even in our um, Philippine national anthem, uh, there are traces of La Marseillaise, <laughs> and um, there are some uh, critics, notably Bermudez, for example, in 2009, who um, specifically note the influence of uh, La Marseillaise in Julian Felipe's uh, composition. Uh, aside from the Marcha, Marcha Real of, of Spain at that time. So um, just to give us a break, a musical break as well, um, maybe we can hear uh, a portion of this um, Marseillaise and the Philippine National Anthem. Yes, okay, all right. Let's... Did that come through all right? Yes. Okay. Yes. Let me just... Yeah, so that's the YouTube, uh, the YouTube, uh, excellent. Right, okay. <laughs> that's, <clears throat> so do yeah. you want to say something about uh, the, yeah, um, the, the sort of uh, the comparative influences or, yeah? Um, yeah, I think that, no, that's, that's, that's all I wanted to, I, I think it's, it's more, it's, yeah, uh, we can, I, 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 we can leave it that way for the, okay. for the, yeah. All right. Um, so then I also understand that, um, Rizal had a number of works written in the French language. 
Um, so uh, could you speak to us more about the background to these writings? I think you, you mentioned a few um, earlier as well. So if you would like to continue um, on this, Jocelyn. Yes, uh, sure. Yeah, actually, today I, I, I because I chanced upon this um, collection, so I'll just share a screen. Oh, share screen again. Yeah. And I, I especially want to talk about this uh, this collection that um, again has apparently just been re reprinted by Barnes and Nobles um, since October. There you go. Since October uh 2020 so it's a it's it's actually a compilation of results french composition exercises so um they're, they're exercises of a french student as maybe all of us when we we started learning french you know and and um it's but it's a hefty it's still a hefty volume of uh of a hundred and so pages um, it was compiled and edited by uh, Austin Craig um, <clears throat> in 1912. And um, I just want to read the, the, the preface or a part of the, of the preface, why it was compiled. So this compilation was suggested by Mrs. Carrie Stein Lydiard of the Department of Modern Languages of the College of Agriculture uh, University of the Philippines. Um, <clears throat> at that time, the University of the Philippines I mean, started with all these um, 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 uh, teachers from the States, actually, so Austin Craig as well. It seems so far to the Filipino student of French, essential rules clearly presented and varied reading involving a particularly wide and useful vocabulary. The subject matter is much more entertaining, it is, than the customary contents of such textbooks. And beside there is the inspiration and interest which attaches to it, to its being the work of the Philippines' uh, great hero. So um, there are more, um, the, the, yeah, the, the first articles are about half of the material are from a Rizal notebook, recently, recently at that time, brought to light and were published in the magazine Cultura Filipina by the well-known historical student, Honorable Epifanio de los Santos. And the later portion is from the so-called clinical notebook, which is in the Ayer collection in Chicago. And the copy was made by Dr. Jose Bantug now of the Philippine General Hospital, a zealous and active member of the Rizal Association formed by Filipino students who went to the States. So at that time, of course, this was the, the recent ones. Ooh, sorry for that noise outside. Yeah. Um, there are, um, so with the particular interest of this, of this uh, collection, um, well, it's, there, there are several parts of it. Um, there are. Um, I would regroup the 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 book into nine themes. Actually, um, there is a part of the book with. Um, actually, we can. I can show the. The. Um, his, that's his writing. There was no spell check at that time, so I'm. I will. I was actually very, um, th th this gave me a, 
uh, a nice um, uh, look at his at the level of of Rizal's French. I I was able to read the whole the whole collection with another uh, native French speaker uh, to prepare for this for this talk and and the the my 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 French um, friend was saying how he was he had a good level of of, of French and um, of particular interest in this in this collection was his um, um, how say he, a, a letter to um, which we now know as a letter to Felix uh, Resurrection Hidalgo another um, who was living in France at that time and the reasons why he wrote the Noli Metangere and he wrote in French uh, and this letter is um, is uh, can be found in other sources now so I found out that some of the of the contents in this collection can be found um, in other sources um, by in the Rizal without the overcoat for example by by Ambeth Ocampo he also uh, took one of the I mean he gathered uh, sorry he, he, he uh, there was one essay in this that he uh, included in this book for example those that are interesting because otherwise it's really um, um, there, there's a lot on grammar so like he would talk about sur le virgule or um, du tirer les guillemets la parenthèse la linéa or infinitive participe participe présent participe. so he made a little becherel you know in a sense uh, for for himself he would talk about du point virgule les deux points du point so uh, one is about uh, grammar stuff uh, a lot about uh, nature un villageois égaré dans les neiges for example maybe when we have time later on i can I can uh, read to you some um, some excerpts. Les plaisirs de l'été, euh, la saison que je préfère, que, que je préfère, que j'ai préféré. You know, there there are some quirks, uh, some mistakes in French. I don't know if uh, if it's these are typos or if somebody typed for him, or um, but but you know there was again there was no spell check at the time, so I'm really um, <laughs> I am you know in admiration for his level of French there was uh, there were stories as well um, either copied from uh, Anderson for example or perhaps composed there were um, there are things um, um, about building materials you know uh, he's also very good with um, architecture and pl plumbing and waterworks he's really and when he was for example exiled in Mindanao when he came back from Europe he was exiled in Dapitan for for a time and he used his time he used his exile exi exile time to put some waterworks you know uh, during that time so he would uh, talk about the mat materials qui entrent dans l'édification des maisons les usages de la pierre but also on cooking comment on cuit de riz you know, and, and there is a special mention of the Malaysian way, the Malay, the façon Malay there in how, on how to cook rice. <laughs> oh, that's really interesting. <laughs> yeah, wow. and he would 
compare it and how Italians would uh, cook rice, for example. You know. um, places he would uh, he would talk about uh, places, uh, Madrid, uh, Berlin, Brussels. He would have proverbs, miscellaneous thoughts, and animals. A lot of um, those who are actually interested in animal studies today and eco criticism could could find some material here because he would um, um, like really say how uh, um, how do you call it? Pony and nan uh, would be maltreated by his um, owner and by its owner. And lastly, um, he would critique uh, literature and notably, for example, I think one of his more advanced um, French composition exercises would be to critique uh, Pierre Corneille. Though. So there's an essay here, essay sur Pierre Corneille. Uh, there should not be. So there, there are, okay, faults in accents and all that. But overall, um, yeah, uh, these are some of his uh, writings. And um, yeah, <laughs> this is <laughs> overall. That that was really interesting, um, Justin. You you said that you know you perhaps you could read us some excerpts so we could sort of hear a various maybe you could choose a few themes, uh, some of the particular theme, uh, especially yeah whichever you think uh, the eco criticism one is definitely uh, interesting, right? The cooking as well. I I leave it to you to choose yeah. a few, yeah, so that we can sort of have a sense of of his writings in French. Yes, yes, sure. Um, let's let's. Let's do uh, les saisons, les saisons de, uh, les saisons que je préfère. Um, okay, let me just, I, I uh, bookmark some of them here. Yes, let's go to uh, page 29. Yeah, so like just to, to give you an idea of also his bécherelle, you know, this, the, this uh you know he would he would really write down how to understand and like he would do all this participation and then he would comment on proverbs but let me just read this beautiful passage on uh la saison que je que je que je préférerais ou, ou préfère you know uh he would put more than one accent perhaps J'aime l'hiver quand la famille se ressemble autour du foyer ou petit un bon feu ou quand les salons s'ouvrent pour permettre à la jeunesse de danser et s'amuser. You know, it's, it's very uh, flowing. J'aime le printemps. So he would say how he loves uh, uh, le printemps, uh, quand les fleurs s'épanouissent et embaument l'air, etc., etc. J'aime l'été. So he would like, he likes... Uh, uh, winter, he likes um, spring, he likes summer, avec les plages animées des baigneurs et des baigneuses, faisant retentir l'espace de leurs cris et miroiter le soleil dans les vagues azurées, dans la mer. Mais je te préfère automne. Suddenly he, he switches to uh, tutoyer, you know, he, he addresses uh, autumn. Je te préfère automne, douce saison de vendage qui nous, qui nous apporte Qui nous apporte les fruits de l'année, les frais zéphyrs et les rêveries mélancoliques. You know, just to give us an idea of his uh, of his prose. Uh, um, since uh, let me see where um, 
the rice maybe yeah let's go for the yes that would be interesting <laughs> um, page 44 um, yeah okay comment cuillerie Okay, let's 44. Let me just see because we we noted down some um, some uh, maybe in the I haven't seen the Barnes and Noble version yet, but maybe they would have um, corrected the French. La manière de préparer le riz diffère considérablement selon les peuples qui s'en servent pour leur nourriture. Sans parler ici des gâteaux que l'on fait avec le riz. Yeah, we, we do that. Et donc, l'énumération serait fatigante. Nous nous bornerons aux préparations les plus usitées. Depuis l'habitant de Valence, en Espagne, qui cuit son riz avec des, des onguilles, des poulets, des écrivisses, etc., faisant ce qu'on appelle un arroz à la valenciana, jusqu'aux Chinois de la province de Fuchu, maybe, qui le mange bouilli simplement dans une énorme quantité d'eau. Il y a l'Italien qui l'assaisonne à sa façon pour son risotto. Le Turc qui en fait le pilau. L'Hindou qui s'en sert pour son curry. Le Malais et le Japonais qui le font bouillir dans des pots de terre ou morceaux de bambou. L'Américain qui y met de la graisse ou du beurre. <rire> And then he would he would tell about you know it's like a it's like his own uh, cookbook <laughs> uh, recipe, and then he would he would uh, talk talk about the the most ordinary preparation of of rice um, would be the following: on main certain quantity du riz, des croûtes, etc., etc. You know, the, the 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 interesting thing in 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 this collection, he hardly mentions the Philippines. Uh, though he's um, yeah, so he um, like he would or he would include it in the I don't know in the the Malay way maybe to to uh, to cook rice to boil, um, but yeah, but you know he would talk about uh, or maybe his tutor because he apparently he uh, he um, he had a tutor, so he um, the. Yeah, uh, where was this? I learned that um, he actually wanted to uh, to really learn um, literary French. He wanted to learn literary French. And um, he said that had, um, had the... He originally, because he wanted to write the the Noli in French, in case there are two versions. Apparently, in the letter, he revealed that he had originally wanted to write the Noli Metahir in French to make the country's plight known to the world, but he later decided to write it in Spanish for his countrymen. That's according to Reyes. Um, according to Craig, page 91, his intention according to Mariano Ponce, was to abandon Spanish writing 
had his novel No Limit Angere failed to meet response. So that was, so French was the, the plan B, you know, and thereafter to seek to arouse European interest in the more widely known French language. That was what he was preparing himself for. And uh, he, he actually uh, um, still uh, had a tutor in Madrid. He uh, took up courses um, in modern languages also with a Mr. Hughes, um, uh, who was fluent in French, Italian, and English in Madrid and in Berlin. He improved more his French, exchanging with a French lady who was a governess in an imperial family, lessons in French etymology, for, for example, etc., etc. So, so maybe I would like to show you this uh, letter of uh, where he explains the Noli Metangere, um, uh, why he uh, wrote it, um, and it's a it's a letter in French. Um, uh, to Felix uh, Resurrection uh, Hidalgo, um, where he uh, he explains why he uh, he wrote. Voila, page uh, sixty-five. Here you go. He had to. He apparently uh, he his friend was asking him why he wrote the Noli. And this friend who was living in um, France at that time, um, he, uh, so, so he wrote, to, uh, Rizal wrote to him in French. Mon cher ami, dans votre dernière lettre, vous vous plaignez de mon silence. Vous avez raison. L'oubli, c'est la mort de l'amitié. He has nice, he has nice, you know, thoughts like this. L'oubli, c'est la mort de l'amitié. Seulement, je dois ajouter euh, que pour une vraie amitié, n'existe point d'oubli, et je vous en donnerai la preuve tout de suite. So, um, so he, here he explains the reason for the title for the No Limitangere. No Limitangere, mot tiré de l'évangile de Saint-Luc signifie « ne me touche point ». Le livre contient donc des choses dont personne chez nous n'a jusqu'à présent parlé. Tant elles sont délicates qu'il ne vous sentez point à être touché par quel que ce soit. I have tried to do what nobody wanted to do. I had to respond to the calumnies that uh, since centuries have um, piled up in our country. I have tried to um, I, I describe the social state, the life, the beliefs, the hopes, the desires, the complaints that to, in, in order to unmask the, hypo uh, the, the hypocrisy under, the, under the, the blanket of religion, um, which is the false religion, the superstitious one. Um, I wanted to. J'ai dévoilé ce qui était caché derrière les mots trompeurs et brillants de nos gouvernements. J'ai dit à nos compatriotes, nos torts, nos vices, etc., etc. So, so um, this, this has been this letter has been translated elsewhere, but uh, it's nice to see the original 
well, the original. I don't know if it's this is the original, um, but it's it's the the French uh, letter, at least the, the part of it. Um, and and he offers a, even a critique of his own book. Mon livre aura des défauts, sous point de vue artistique, uh, mais um, mais ce qu'on ne peut me contester, c'est l'impartialité de mes narrations. So he really wanted to, and indeed, of course, the Noli was um, was um, a breakthrough, of course, at that time, revolutionary. Yes. Yeah. I don't know if you want me to um, to read some. So maybe a, a last uh, last one yes. from yes. Um, 37 from his thoughts. Uh, there were some controversial passages. Okay, let me just <laughs> controversial passages from um, because we just saw one from Madrid. He he would also write these things like this dia dialogue les bienfaits de la pluie. He would he would uh, it's this is more literary a dialogue between the father and the son, for for example. Um, and then he would uh, perhaps the, in exercises on the subjunctive, you know, on the on the passé and the futur, uh, maybe his tutor would ask him to write about places. And this was about Madrid, which is a city very which he knew very well. But then he would have um, there were lines that uh, surprised me, like. Um, He was, of course, an illustrado, you know, and and he, and educated. But like he would, he would say something like, "La plus belle chose de Madrid, c'est la bourgeoisie." <laughs> the the nicest thing about Madrid is the bourgeoisie. It is lovable, distinguished, illustrate, uh, illustrate, um, illustrious, uh, franche, digne, hospitalière, chevaleresque. You know, um, so I mean, he would. He would like. He's very much into the, into the into the uh, bourgeoisie. Um, okay, let's just uh, just this pensée, uh, page thirty-seven. Um, yeah. It's not Pascal's pensée, but his, I, mean, I think it's his pensée. But um, in here, he would talk about nature again. He would talk about the, the night, la nuit, la plante, parmi les êtres vivants, la plante est la plus primitive. On dirait que la plante est très malheureuse en ce qu'elle n'a ni liberté ni mouvement. Elle est peut-être la plus heureuse en ce qu'elle n'a ni liberté ni mouvement. Uh, oh, okay, so sometimes there, there are um, typo, I mean, it's repetitions. Uh, this is what I want. Uh, I think it's um, uh, Le vent. Le vent n'est que l'air en mouvement, si léger et capricieux que le vent puisse nous paraître. Il a pourtant ses lois et ses marches délimitées, déterminées. Les fleurs s'envoient leur baiser au moyen du vent. It's it's just a beautiful uh, image, you know, so poetic. The the flowers 
send their kisses through the wind. Soyons comme le vent. Let us be like the wind. It is uh, like a like a visible uh, being. It caresses like the zephyr and the uh, a breeze to Comburago. It's another side of Rizal. It's just, I mean, it's another side, of, although those who are familiar with his poems to the flowers of Heidelberg, for example, or, you know, um, would, and even the, in his literary works would, uh, would be more familiar with his, uh, with his um, flowing prose. Yeah. Right. Um, thank you, Justin. I think that, you know, there was a, a very good insight into, I, I think, hearing Rizal in, in a language that perhaps, you know, many people would not associate him with. And, and uh, that, you know, thank you so much for your uh, talk uh, today, because I think, you know, what you've done is you've, you've sort of, because the whole point of this podcast series is to, you know, uh, bring out, uh, you know, aspects of marginalized, uh, you know, uh, platforms in uh, Southeast Asia, especially to do with uh, with the French. And, and I think, you know, with the Philippines, as you said, you know, uh, you often connected, well, mainly with uh, American imperialism, and of course, Spanish, uh, right? But but this um, this influence, the salient influences of of uh, France and, and French thought, I think, in, in Rizal is, is very interesting. Thank you so much. It was so wonderful to hear his thoughts in French as, as well. Thank you for yeah. uh, reading, you know, these excerpts. And, and, and uh, yeah, the one on rice was, was very interesting. And um, yes, I think you've also brought up a very important point about, about eco-criticism. So, you know, how uh, relevant he could also be uh, till today. And, and, you know, looking at these writings and especially uh, the ones... Um, in French. So um, thank you very much. Is there anything else that you would like to say before we um, end this episode? Uh, is there anything that you'd like to say particularly that you think, yeah. No, I'd just like to thank you for this uh, opportunity. And um, and again, uh, I'm, I'm still at the start of, of discovering, thanks to you, by the way, for, for <laughs> this, uh, the discovering um, the French writings of, of Jose Rizal. Uh, without doubt, there are other experts out there. And um, and if if yeah, if I I am not um, you know I, I didn't know that there are new things about it. Then okay, I would be very happy to know more about uh, about the new things as well. Right. Thank you very much, Jocelyn. Um, you know, it was wonderful speaking to you and um, you have a great day ahead. And um, yeah, I mean, hopefully we can also, you know, um, maybe have a, uh, another, some collaboration on, on French aspects in the Philippines uh, and across Southeast Asia as, as per the uh, podcast series and the, uh, yeah. All right. Thank you so much. Thank you. <laughs> have a day. All the best to you. Thank you. You too. Bye-bye.